Hello there. Happy holidays. Tis the season, presents. And giving. Oh, yes, and giving presents. Not (laughs) getting. (laughs) And tis the season for re-releasing podcast episodes that we released two years ago because we're busy. We're busy and we wanted to make sure we got some corrections in. True. We both just re-listened to some of these episodes and... The first one we're doing, this, you know, was back when we used to do two movies per episode. Very ambitious. Very ambitious. And we jam-packed two of the greatest Christmas movies of all time into one episode. One episode. What were we thinking? Who designed that episode? (laughs) I did. It was me. You're very ambitious. I was. It was our first year doing (laughs) it at Christmas. And I was like, we have to get all of them in. We have to. So this episode originally came out on December 19th, 2020. We put it out on December 19th? Yes, it was the last one we did, I think, right before Christmas. Oh, okay. Or close to it. Mm -hmm. And it was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and A Christmas Story. Two of our favorites. Oh, yeah. So we thought we'd split it up this time. Listen, you got to spread this holiday goodness out like Christmas peanut butter. (laughs) Christmas peanut butter. (laughs) Not crunchy. Smooth. Smooth. (laughs) Um, Wait, Jif or Peter Pan? I was about to ask you or Skippy. Ooh, no, not Skippy. It's Peter Pan for me. I've really gotten used to Jif, Hmm. but uh, they're interchangeable. They're close enough that I can pick For a while, you were doing the natural peanut butter. I can't do that. I'm not a fan. It was just so hard because you have to mix it. I know. Every time. It's and good I used once you to mix make, it. When I would make you sandwiches, I would be like, I mean, I still make you sandwiches, but with that particular kind of peanut butter, yeah. I would make you come and stir it first because <laughs> right. I'm like, I cannot do this or I can. I just don't want to. There's a whole technique, right? Because the peanut butter is super thick. You got to take that knife, jam it all the way down and slowly stir. And then you got to. Plunge the <laughs> knife in and pull it out. Oh, <laughs> you saw that. You saw where that was. I headed. don't know how how we got here, um, but we're here. Here we are, Christmas peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> how do I segue away from that? Um, well, I wanted to say that this was before we did fun facts. Was it really? Yes. So we just did favorites. Yeah. And what else? So we would cover the who was in it. Maybe. We because did. If I had mostly. my way, we wouldn't. <laughs> if you had it your way, we would just say like Chevy Chase. Right. <laughs> Pretty much just Chevy Chase was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I think we, we mostly just listed like the main players. Okay. The Griswolds and Cousin Eddie. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we, we did a few others, but. So what did we get wrong in this episode? Well, this is the one. We've talked about this before, but we did <laughs> call the dog Snarf. Snarf from Thundercats. Thundercats. It's not Snarf. It's not. This is the first thing we ever got called out on. Yes. And I've not heard from that person again, so I think they probably just got fed up with us and like insta-judged stopped us. listening. Like, what? <laughs> Snarf? That is the Thundercats, you idiots. <laughs> now, 
I can tell that we really did not study these movies back in the day. We no. just kind of watched them. We were probably having some drinks when we watched them. Probably. So we sound really uneducated about a movie that we've seen I mean, probably at least once a year since it came out. I'll be honest, like some of the times we'd have the movies on, I would be playing video games and kind of glancing, <laughs> not taking any notes, not really paying attention. That changed. That did change. I do not do that anymore. No. So just keep that in mind as you're listening, that we were definitely more loosey-goosey with it back in the day. Give us a break. <laughs> but it's still a fun episode. It and is. you get to hear my squirrel stories. <laughs> yes, your squirrel <laughs> stories. <laughs> you get to hear Pete talk about his bougie private school. Oh, yes. Yeah. So luxurious. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that the people there were luxurious. Right. Well, the thing is, is if you're a new listener, you're probably going to be confused because early days of the podcast, Pete used to rip on me saying that I was so rich growing up. Because <laughs> you had cable, you had your house on the lake and lots of toys. You had the Barbie dream house. Well, look. I An intercom. But you're you're using it against me as if, like, I'm a bad person or something. Oh, no. And a lot of those things, like, we weren't rich. We do, I mean, I would say... Listen, you were upper middle class. You had a vacuum built into your house next to the intercom <laughs> with a pool <laughs> and a two-car garage. <laughs> listen, it was a nice house, but it's not like it was a mansion. I know. Listen, I'm just busting your grapes. And when we had the cabin at the lake, we had that instead of going on summer vacations. Yes. Which now, is why we eventually sold it, because we all missed going to the beach. I have since stopped picking on you about that. Exactly. Early on, it was a theme. A theme. Yeah. He wanted that to be like his bit. Yes. I'm glad that that kind of fell off. But it was just funny because you, you would be like, well, in my private school, <laughs> and it's ironic because his private school was not like a bougie private school. No. It was just a Christian school. Yes. <laughs> that didn't have as many people. Exactly. Nothing fancy. No, not at all. We had classes that were taught by teachers on video tape. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> fancy. Yes. <laughs> but I take it back. That is fancy. <laughs> high tech. Yeah, real high tech. <laughs> just a, hey, you know, like class watcher, essentially like our teacher that would just watch us. Don't go out of the room. Class watcher. I don't know. Like they were our teacher, but what were they teaching us? We're watching <laughs> videos to learn. Were they just like babysitting basically while certified teachers <sighs> taught you they, on VHS? Listen. Was this school like accredited? I, what's happening? Uh, yes, it was accredited and they were actual teachers. Did you teachers. actually graduate from high school? Oh, wait, you went to a public school. Yes, in high, when you were I in ended high school. up changing high schools, but they were accredited teachers. It was an accredited school. I'm just giving it crap. <laughs> But really, we did watch videos for certain classes. And if the teacher left the room, we'd fast forward it. I think I've mentioned oh, this before, yeah. but we would fast forward the videos and they'd come back in. They'd be like, why is your class over in like 10 minutes? We'd be like, I don't know, just a short one today. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's really all we wanted to clear up about the episode. So without further ado, enjoy Christmas, Christmas vacation. maka, everybody. That's the island greeting we're sending to you. From our imaginary island. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here. We're at our final Christmas episode. Well, I guess we'll have one more mini episode that we have already recorded. Oh, spoiler alert. But it's coming out 
on Wednesday, the yes. Wednesday before Christmas. But this is the last big one. It is. And we saved the best for last, I feel. Absolutely. We've been waiting for this. I've been we excited. Have both movies from the 80s. Yep. We've got National Lampoons, Christmas Vacation, and A Christmas Story. Oh, uh, the classic, the 24 hour Christmas story. <laughs> you can only watch it if you're binging it in 24 hour increments. That's the way you do it now. That's what it's become. <laughs> it's hardcore. <laughs> So the first one we're going to cover is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's the third installment in the National Lampoon Magazine's Vacation Film Series, which is written by John Hughes. As we all know, we've covered many John Hughes films already. We have. And many more to come, I'm sure. It's based on Christmas 59, which is his short story that was published in the National Lampoon. So I'm pretty sure if you're listening, you've already seen this movie. (laughs) So we all know. But it's a story about the Griswolds. Another story about the Griswolds with new children. (laughs) Always with new children. Always with rotating children. I love that they do that. Yeah. And it's as they enter the Christmas season doing all the things that families do at Christmas time, like picking out a Christmas tree, shopping for gifts, getting together with family, decorating the house. Only it's the Griswolds. So. The Griswold way. <laughs> you know, Clark is the head yes. of them. And as we all know from the previous films, nothing he plans ever seems to work out right. It never does. Poor Clark. So we can just basically follow them on the journey. And it's probably the funniest Christmas movie of all time. Absolutely. I'd, I'd agree with that. This is obviously my favorite Christmas movie. Right. As voted for before. Yes, if you listen to our previous after school special episode. Yes. yes. So the cast, we have Chevy Chase. I always go back and forth with between saying Chevy Chase and Chevy Chase. So <laughs> Chevy. I apologize if I say it wrong. I know it's Chevy Chase. That's Clark W. Sparky Griswold Jr. Anytime I hear Sparky, mm-hmm. I think of Beverly D'Angelo pushing on his chin divot. His chin divot. Yes. His cleft in his chin. You could call it that, I guess. I call it his chin divot. (laughs) I love it. So, yes, Beverly D'Angelo plays Ellen Griswold, Clark's wife. Yep. And she, those two are the only consistent ones in all the movies, right? Well, is Eddie in any of the other ones? No. He's not, I don't think, is he? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is he in the original? I can't remember. Didn't they go visit him? I feel like they did. I wonder. I think it was him. Yeah. I think it was. Eddie. He, they visited them at their house. Yeah. Or their. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it was. No, I think they did have a house. Okay. I didn't know if it was a house or a trailer or what. Maybe we're imagining that. <laughs> another, I think it's real. Another false memory. Yeah. But I think we were supposed to know Cousin Eddie when he shows up. I think you're right. But now, it's not been that long since we watched. Well, no, I guess we just watched European Vacation the other day. Yeah, there was no Eddie in European Vacation. So in this film, Juliette Lewis plays Audrey, Mm -hmm. their daughter. She was previously portrayed by Dana Barron and Dana Hill in the last two films. Yeah. Johnny Galecki plays Russ, their son. He was previously portrayed by Anthony Michael Hall and Jason Lively. Whoa. What? Is Jason Lively related to anyone we know? He is. We just (laughs) discovered he's related to Robin Lively of Teen Witch fame and Blake Lively of Gossip Girl fame. Is he like a stepbrother or a half? I looked it up. He's Robin's 
full brother, I believe, and they're both Blake's half-siblings. Yeah. Pretty sure. Then you have Miriam Flynn as Catherine Johnson, Ellen's cousin. Then you have Randy Quaid, the infamous cousin Eddie. And we can't forget Nicholas Guest and Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Todd and Margot, their yuppie neighbors. I don't know, Margot. (laughs) What does she say? Okay, Todd. Okay, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) And then there are several more, you know, parents and cousins and all of that. I didn't list all of them, but Brian Doyle Murray as Frank Shirley, Clark's boss. Right. Who is also Bill Murray's. Bill Murray. Brother, right? And they look alike. They do look alike. So as most things, I know it's hard to narrow down, but do you have three favorites that you can pinpoint? Yeah, absolutely. So I love the attic scene when Clark gets stranded up there. I can't remember what he's originally going up there for, but uh, one of the grandmothers feels a chill because he's gone up into the attic on Mm -hmm. one of those like uh, stairs that you drop down. Yeah. She shuts him up there. Yeah. Locks him up. They all leave. So he gets jammed up there, but then finds old real to real movies of Christmas time. So you see him reminiscing and, you know, getting all emotional about his old Christmas time. And there's a great song playing. I think I shazammed it. Now, I can't remember what it is right now off the top of my head. Yeah, I can like hear it in my head, but I can't think of the song. But yeah, it's a really good song and a a great like touching moment in the movie. And then it gets funny because Ellen comes in and drops the the thing back down and he falls down and all that. So it was pretty funny. Doesn't he fall through the ceiling? He does. He's walking on the ceiling, which you never do. Like there's rafters there and then a normal ceiling that he's like walking on, like a drywall ceiling. Mm -hmm. And of course, he like falls through. Oh, but that's not how he gets down. He gets down because she pulls the... Yeah, when he falls through. sitting on top of the ladder. uh, Yeah, Yeah, he ends up sitting on top of the ladder while he's playing the movies. Right, which seems like a dumb decision. It is a a little dumb, but, you know, (laughs) it's it's National Lampoons, but it's Clark. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's my favorite scene. Uh, I also love when Clark is out shopping with Eddie. Mm-hmm. Like he he tells Eddie, hey, I'll I'll go ahead. I'll take you out and we'll buy gifts for your kids because Eddie's like, oh, we rolled in on fumes and yada, yada, yada. They don't have any money. So right. Clark's going to get him some presents. I think the kids, like the little girl had said, said a few things about. Yeah, we didn't get squat. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole time he's just grabbing dog food, like bag after bag after bag of dog food. And he already had a list to give to him, too. He did. He pulls out the list. He's just like, oh, you didn't have to do that. And well, he, here's a list. Yeah. And then at the end, he's like, and Clark, if there's enough left over at the end, I want to get you something real nice, (laughs) which is absolutely one of my favorite parts of the movie. All I hear is our friend Trevor. Real nice. (laughs) And then finally, spoiler alert, after Clark gets the house lit and they're all out there celebrating, Mm -hmm. he comes over to the father-in-law and the first thing he says is, Clark. The little lights are not twinkling. (laughs) It's like, I know. Thank you. Never good enough. Never good enough. You're just like, oh, man, you worked so hard on it. And then what is what does he say? Uh, Oh, the daughter says, oh, he worked real hard on it, grandma. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some something else works hard, too. I I can't remember what it is, but they're just very condescending to poor Clark and all his hard work on his Christmas decorations. Yeah. If there's anybody out there that doesn't have someone in their life 
that will still will always point out yes. the one negative thing, then Your consider flaws. yourself very lucky. Right. You just want somebody there to build you up. Even listen, the dude worked really hard. That's twenty five thousand lights. That is a lot of lights. I get tired and I hang up a hundred. I'm like, oh, I need to sit down for a little while. This dude is working nonstop. And then it didn't work. He so finally gets it working. Yeah. But uh, yeah, th- those are my top three. Well, my number one kind of goes perfectly with that because it's when the lights finally come on. After all that work, the wife figures it out. She does. But Clark thinks it's him. He's like, I know, it's perfect. He's slamming it together just as she flips the switch. Yeah. And it's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that. And listen, you are extremely handy, and especially when it comes to electronics and technology and things like that. But once in a blue moon, I'll come in and be like, but what about that? I'm like, oh, uh, well, that might be it. I think the thing that I'm probably better at than you is looking for stuff. Oh, absolutely. I am the absolute worst looker of things <laughs> or looker for things ever. He always says, I'm such a bad looker. Admittedly, though, I cannot find anything. Right. And then I'll go like, it's like for right like there. Two seconds and it's like, right there. Well, I mean, if you if you look there, I guess it's there. <laughs> like you literally open the drawer and it's like right there. I'm like. I looked there. (laughs) But you are fantastic at finding things. Thank you. But also, of course, in that moment when everybody comes out and then, well, is that the same moment when, when the sewer explodes and the Santa, I just, I just mix those two together. (laughs) Whoops. Whoopsie. But yeah, later on when the, the explosion happens and the plastic Santa and reindeer take off and then. Yeah. Aunt Bethany is. She just starts singing. Oh, does she do a Pledge of Allegiance? No, that's during the prayer. Yeah, the prayer is when she starts the Pledge of Allegiance. This is where she starts singing the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, because Santa's flying through the air. Uncle, what's his name? Lewis. Uncle Lewis has just blown up the whole front yard. Santa's flying through the air, and then out she comes, and she's like, And the rockets. (laughs) It makes me think of... Just recently, we lost my sweet, amazing Aunt Geneva. Yeah. And she was in a nursing home the last few years of her life, and she had dementia. And But she was a wonderful piano player and singer. I talked about her previously on our Thanksgiving episode, talking about how she was always playing the piano. Right. And, you know, she would continue to play and, and entertain everyone at the nursing home, but she would sing a certain song. And I feel like it was like Amazing Grace or something like that. And somehow it would turn into your <laughs> yeah. grand old flag. <laughs> Which is I love that. It's I do too. so great. And everybody just went along with it. Right. And I love stories like that at funerals that, you know, you're so sad, but like it just made everybody smile. It does. You know? Yeah. Just that moment made me think of that. Yeah. So... Number two, <laughs> these are moments. Some of these moments are things that I didn't necessarily appreciate when I was a kid watching this movie. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, they just stand out to me more because I relate to them. Right. So when they sit down for their big dinner, mm-hmm. everybody's worked so hard on, and Clark goes to carve the turkey, which looks amazing. <laughs> it looks on the outside, glorious, yeah, beautiful presentation, and then it looks like something from Alien. <laughs> When he pokes it and it hisses. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> when it opens and it's all dried. It reminds me of Gremlins. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> and Catherine starts crying because I guess she's the one that did it. And I just, I, that's not happened to me. Knock on wood. Right. But I'm it's always relatable. afraid it's going like, to. You're, you're terrified of that. You're like, I just don't want this turkey to be dry. Now, it would be hard to make a turkey that dry, but you get where she's coming from. Absolutely. Like, you, you don't want to ruin. Well, you ruined the day. Exactly. The, meal, the, and the thing that everybody's been waiting for. Exactly. There's so. so much pressure on that meal. Yeah. And then, of course, so many other things happen during that meal. But Snarf is running around, tearing stuff up during Snarf's that the meal. dog, right? Snarf is the dog, yeah. All the actors said that dog, Snarf, in reality, was actually a really good dog. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I think you have to be to yeah, be to like be a like set trained dog. To be able to, to yeah. do the, all the things that they want you to do. Right. And the other thing about this movie that it makes me like feel anxiety just thinking about it is having guests show up unexpectedly. Oh, yeah. I could see that you bringing up I your am. anxiety level. Yeah. Like, I want to know who's coming, how many people I need to have a bed ready for, what all I need to plan food wise, like mm-hmm. who likes what, who's allergic to what, like I want to have meals planned. I want to, you know, I've become quite this, this little hostess. So I just, if something, I don't know that I'd be able to go with the flow so much. Like Ellen handled it all with grace. She did. <laughs> you need a plan. There's nothing wrong with needing a plan. You like a plan and you like to stick to the plan. Right. Surprises are lovely, but it's like when you're over at McNair's boat, somebody showing up unexpectedly is a nice surprise. Yeah, but that's different. But even if we were like having a party and somebody showed up that we didn't know as long yeah. as, you know, as long as it wasn't somebody we didn't like, yeah. <laughs> you know, then the more the merrier. Like who? Who would sh- who could show up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, Joe. Joe. Just kidding. But Joe, you are welcome here. <laughs> we love Joe. <laughs> Joe's the best. Joe is the best. Uh, but you know what I mean. I do. If they were coming to stay at our home and like expect to be entertained for, if they need a bed, a long time, they need to be planned for. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would. I would never just sneak up on somebody and them not know that I was coming to stay with them. It's one thing to surprise someone to come into town, but then like you figure out other plans of who you're staying with. You know? I would or surprise someone room. with the need of a bed. Well, if it's just you, that's one thing. But if it's like somebody showing up with a whole family. The whole family could be difficult to accommodate. I can see that. It's not that I wouldn't be happy that they were here, but I would just be stressed out. And it's like, could we get you a room at this fantastic hotel? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, and especially around the holidays. Yeah. Stresses are just. They're higher. The levels are higher. Mm-hmm. You know, you got other things going on. All right. And then number three, that squirrel scene has always been hilarious. Right. But it became even more hilarious to me and my family because there was one year, 10 years ago, 2010, when <laughs> we were basically squirrel magnets. <laughs> There was an afternoon in my apartment in Orlando, Florida, where I was doing laundry. And all of a sudden, I opened my laundry room doors. I think I had already been in there. I was going to, like, change it over to the dryer. Right. And a squirrel just hopped onto the washer. Right right in front of your face? In front of my face. Wow. It had come through a hole in the wall that had chewed through. And I had been hearing noises for a while, but it's like... You know, when you live in an apartment complex, you don't you hear know, noises. You don't know where it's coming right. from. Could be could be anything. A pet in someone else's apartment. I yeah. don't know. And I was there by myself, 
I, of course, screamed bloody murder. <laughs> he, like, looked at me terrified. <laughs> and I immediately ran for my bedroom door and closed my bedroom door. I think my roommate's bedroom door was already closed. And we just, like, stared at each other. And I was hoping that he was going to go back into the hole. But he ran straight towards me. He ran into the living room. I tried to just open the front door of the apartment so right. go Give out. Give him a way out. But, of course, as I moved to, like, get to the door, he ran right back into the hole. Oh, my goodness. Like, hopped back up on the laundry. And then I was terrified. <laughs> and this was, like, three days before I was to fly home right. for Christmas. Okay. So, of course, we called the front office and they came and they had someone fill in the hole with this like foam foam stuff. stuff, Yeah. Foam fill. Yeah. And hoped that that would work. Mm, You know, a squirrel could chew right back through that. Well, we didn't know that at the time, but we just felt like, okay, because Sarah was going home for the holidays as well. So it was like, all right. Hopefully this is fixed and it'll be fine. And it was just a little (laughs) traumatic moment that I had to deal with. Right. So then I go home for Christmas and this is my dad was still around and healthy and everything. And Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) actually, this might have been the last Christmas before he got sick, I think. Mm. But all of a sudden I'm like in the kitchen at my mom and dad's house and you hear scratching. Yeah. (laughs) And to be fair, this this home is made of cedar. And this was before, like, my mom got the siding and stuff like that. Right. And it is, you know, my dad definitely had some battles with some squirrels and some (laughs) chipmunks, you know, over the years. Yeah. Definitely had one come through the shower, like, above the shower one time. One came through, like, a baby came through, like, in my sister's room one time. You know, all taken care of, but. (laughs) Still, you got compromised. Right. But it had been a long time because those others happened, like. When I was in high school or something like that. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, I think that there was maybe, I mean, I should have asked my mom about this when I was talking to her earlier. But I think that there was maybe something against the wall that you couldn't see what was happening. You could hear it, but something was moved. And all of a sudden there was a hole in the kitchen. And there was was in the kitchen. Yes. It was in the wall between the kitchen and the dining room. It came through that inner wall. Yeah. Whoa. So and then they were like up. In the, I don't know. They were dropping. I think they were dropping down. It was a family. You had a family of squirrels in the house? A family of squirrels. This is like an an interior wall to describe this for everyone. Yeah. In like a section of the house that's super tall. So it's, your house is very compromised at that point from a squirrel standpoint. (laughs) From an integrity standpoint, you are compromised. (laughs) (laughs) So then I just remember, like, we had a tray, like a silver, like, serving tray over the hole. (laughs) And my mom would be, like, holding it. And then my dad would look in there with his BB gun. BB gun. And, like, a flashlight to try to pew it out. And I was so nervous. You know how nervous I am. Yeah. I was so nervous about a stupid BB gun that I was, like, running in the other room when he would do it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He eventually got everybody, I think. Sorry. Have you ever been shot with a BB gun? No. Oh, I have. Does it hurt? Yeah, it did hurt. It didn't, uh, I didn't get um, penetrated, by it, I guess, for <laughs> lack of a better term. It bounced off my jeans, but yeah, Pat Cammon shot me with a BB gun oh. right in the butt. As Screw I was sprinting. Pat. Yeah, thanks a lot, Pat. <laughs> as I was sprinting away, oh. it hurt a lot, but oh, it's nice. not as bad as you think. It stopped hurting. Yeah. Felt like you kind of got spanked by a BB. Right. 
But I don't remember like how he got them out or anything because that, you know, it would have started smelling. Yeah, we need a breakdown from your mom on how that ended up. I know, but it was just hilarious because like that was one of my parents' favorite movies too. And yeah. so when we watched it, <laughs> yeah, real we were just life. cracking up because yeah. we've had all these stories. And of course there was a lot of moments of like squealing and <laughs> screaming from like me, me and my mom and you know, oh my gosh. And was your sister there? No, she wasn't living there then. So that was when I would just, you know, stay with them. So they weren't at the house yet. They weren't at the house. Okay. No, this was like the in-between time. Like, before oh, okay. Christmas Eve okay. Gotcha. But <laughs> Then the squirrel thing continued because when I went back to Florida, I was bringing all my stuff in from the car and a little boy who lived above me saw me as he was going in. He was like, he looked at me and he's kind of laughing and he's like, there is a squirrel in your apartment. And I was like, what? (laughs) And you, I looked towards the the door and you could see that the blinds were kind of messed up a little bit. Oh no. And he's like, yeah, I saw it in your window. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, what? And so then I go in and it is a mess. I mean, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but there were like, you know, there were magazines and stuff that had been out. So their papers were all torn up sure. and everywhere. And because the they're probably trying, trying to nest <laughs> yeah, or trying to get out. I don't yeah. know. Maybe just freaking out. But then we couldn't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So then I was just so nervous about it. And a few days later, came home from dinner or something. And there was a smell. A smell. A smell. Like what? Like a dead animal. Oh, no. Where was it? And so we were looking everywhere. It had chewed through the The foam. The foam. Yeah. So I think that that must have poisoned it. It probably did. And eventually we finally found it like behind the like where the TV was. Oh, my gosh. And so we're like two girls that are just very squeamish when it comes to things like that. (laughs) And so we weren't that friendly with our neighbors, like, because people just weren't that talkative or whatever. But we had spoken to our one of our neighbors, you know, and one of them was a guy. And so we went and knocked on their door and we were like, can you please, please come help us? Because it was like a Friday night. We knew that, like, the maintenance guy was not going to come and we could not go to sleep with that awful smell in our apartment. So he was our hero and came and got that thing out. But it was just like a month of squirrel craziness. That is wild. I I've, I did live in a cedar house. The one that mm-hmm. we came from before here was cedar. Mm-hmm. I never had anything actually compromise into the inside of that. You could house. hear them in the attic. You could hear them all the time. Like I always was on the lookout. I was convinced that a man lived in the attic. It sounded like there were it. big animals up there. Sometimes I think there was one point where I went and camped out in the woods. And watched this one spot on the fireplace where I was pretty sure they were coming in and out of. Mm -hmm. And I went and got a relatively powerful pellet rifle, which is like a more powerful BB gun. Mm -hmm. It's like pump action and it was super powerful. And I had one shot because there was I found one coming in and out of a squirrel or something bigger. It was a squirrel. It was coming in and out of the the side of the chimney and eaten through and gotten into the inside of the chimney structure. Mm -hmm. But there's still like a. you know, a metal tube that goes up that it had not compromised. But I took a shot. I missed him by two inches. Oh. He got so lucky. Took off, never came back again because that was like dusk. And then eventually I, I covered in the hole. I figured out where their hole was and uh, at least closed off that part <laughs> from him. <laughs> well, luckily, neither of us had the moments like Clark had. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. <laughs> it's so funny when he 
turns around and it's on his back. Yeah, and everyone's like, Squaw! He'll start running. He runs upstairs and it's on his back. The dog's chasing him. Oh, it's good times. You know, I did. I watched this movie in the theater. Mm -hmm. Me and I think my friend Josh went and watched this in the theater. The only part we didn't talk about was when they get that pool, the pool scene. Yeah. It was uh, a favorite scene of mine in the theater. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) I actually thought about listing it because not for that reason, but because I just like the fact that he's again, that made me think of my dad because he always had a dream of putting in a pool. Yeah. And so he was so happy when they got the house that they got right before I was born. And then right. they were able to put in a pool a couple years later. Um, so it just made me think of that. Um, but he's looking out the window and envisioning. First, it's just the whole family. Everybody's having such a good and time. And Melikaliki Maka song is playing. Yeah. And then, then it's changes. Eddie. Oh, yeah. It's Eddie with there. his, uh, like, he's got, like, a, bl- a blow-up, like, duck around him oh, yeah. with his terrible outfit. And <laughs> and then it's uh, Mary from then it's Mary the department store. From the department store. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's her face? The kid, the daughter, Eddie's daughter, comes yeah, in like and says, Santa like Claus? Like, and interrupts his daydream. Betty Sue or something like that. Yeah. Peggy right Sue. Right before the, the, right. Sh- yes. the, the big moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. There were the other thing I was thinking about was sledding when oh my I was gosh, thinking about yes. this. Did you used to go sledding? We would sled all the time. Where was your hill that you would go? So the school I went to, the private school that I went to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was was built on a huge hill. Oh, okay. So Did you we walk would. To it? No, no, no. Oh. no. Th- that's the one that was like 25 minutes away. Oh, okay. Where I'd have to take like two buses to get there. We so would, did you sled like during school? Yes. So oh, we would have fun. an annual snow day Aww. where we would watch the never ending story. We'd have a pizza party and we would go sledding. That sounds magical. It was magical because this hill, this hill was the perfect sledding hill. It was super long, relatively steep. And they would get a ton of snow at that time. Like you could guarantee that sometime during the year you would get two feet of snow. Mm -hmm. So you'd be coming out to fresh pow pow (laughs) flying down it on your inner tube. So the way to do it for people that are uninitiated, the best way to sled is to get a snow tube or an inner tube to go down first. You got to blaze a path with Mm -hmm. your snow tube, a big wide path that then you can follow them down with another inner tube on a hard packed surface and you will fly down the hill just like Christmas vacation. (laughs) Maybe not quite that fast. We did have the little circular sleds Uh like Clark had. You did? We did, but they weren't, I don't know that I ever rode a metal one. We had little circular plastic ones. If we weren't sledding at school, there was a place just down the street near the falls that I've talked about previously. Yeah. Where you go dangerously sledding, or there's a place called Northampton Park where you could go sledding. So, I mean, there would be quite a few places you could go sledding. But we also had this, I guess it was called like a mono ski. So it's like a single ski okay, that had a handle on it that would attach at the front and was movable. And it was the hardest thing of all time to try... Did and, you stand up on it? Yeah, you'd stand up on Whoa. it. So it would have it had like this metal mesh tread on it. Yeah. To try to keep your feet a little bit of grip on there. Yeah. 
and you'd, you'd lift it up and it was kind of like a challenge that to get down. That sounds like an accident waiting to happen. It was. I feel like I, I only ever got like two good runs out of it. And it always made me afraid of going to actually ski, which I actually became an okay skier. I'm not a great skier, but I became decent at skiing. But that thing almost, it set me off. I'm just like, well, I'm never going to be good at this. <laughs> it was the hardest thing to do. And then we, we had the classic, um, oh, what are those called? It's got like the two metal rails. It's like the classic sled, the wooden. That's what we had. Yeah. Which those, like those went north, nowhere. I think you guys call those toboggans. Yes, yeah, a toboggan. Yeah, I we, think so. For us, a toboggan is a hat, like a beanie. Yeah. We just call it a sled. They're the worst sleds. I, I hate them. That's all I've ever known. It's all I've ever been on. I wish that I had been on the inner tubes. Yeah, you think about it, like the inner tube packs down and rides on top of the snow, mm-hmm. where the toboggan digs into and goes down to the bottom. It's got like those metal rails on right, it. Right, so it stops. Itself. Yeah, so it's, it's not as efficient. The inner tubes are such the way to go. And then after you do the inner tube, you know, like the cheap, long plastic sleds. Have you ever seen those? It's just like they're a dime yeah, a dozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. After you pack it down with uh, inner tube, then you can ride down on one of those and you will fly. We need to get some of those just in case we have just a good snow so that we can do that. Like that and like an inner tube. Yes, absolutely. If we had both of those, we'd be set. I want to do that. We could go over in the park. I mean, it's not a big hill, but... It's at least something. But we, you know, like, as I've said in previous episodes, it didn't get a lot of snow. But when we did get big snows, it was so much fun because we had a giant hill at the end of the neighborhood. Right. And the entire neighborhood, all the kids, teenagers, young kids, we were all out there sledding all day long. Right. It was the best time. I remember even, like... During that blizzard that we had talked about, I think in 94, going out there with like my sister and her friends at nighttime. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was something I had never done before. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Good times. Yep. Well, that was fun. That was fun. It's such a trip down memory lane. I just want to go pat our our little podcast us on the head. (laughs) I'll say, oh, you're so cute. Look at you. You didn't do any research. You're so cute. (laughs) And you know what's funny, too, is like listening to it when it's so early and we're like, was Cousin Eddie in the first one? Like, because we hadn't rewatched the original vacation at that point. It was so early days like we hadn't really immersed ourselves in the nostalgia the way we have now. We were just fully relying on our memories. Yeah. And so I understand if people are like yelling at their phones (laughs) or their car radio, whatever you're listening on. Listen, they probably still do it now. Right. But yes, but at least we make a better attempt at it. Exactly. You know, since then, we've covered vacation Mm -hmm. and European vacation. Right. Along with this one. So if you're a fan of National Lampoon's movies, you have to go check those out. Yeah. Maybe you'll like them. We we definitely researched those better than we did this one. Especially European vacation. I feel like we did a good job on Euro so vacation. I think we did on vacation as well. We probably did. I just haven't listened to that one it's in a while. It's been a while. That I one, haven't judged us yet. You haven't judged us yet. Well, hopefully everyone is full of Christmas cheer and not judging us. Yeah. I mean, go enjoy your Christmas peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> and we will too. <laughs> Stir it real good. Real good. Real nice. (laughs) (laughs) If you love the podcast and you want to stay connected, you can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. You can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. We've got our Facebook group, the Cozy Club, fans of we don't want to grow up. 
And if you would like to help support the podcast or just have access to 40 plus bonus episodes, you can come over to our Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. You can donate $4 or more per month and that helps support the podcast and what we've got going on. And it also makes us happy. That's right. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. That sounds naughty. You got a peanut butter. No, no. (laughs)